Hey friends, welcome to Financial Fixer. I'm your host, Amanda Delaney. This podcast is for women who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. This is the place where we get real and talk about our money even when it's hard. I help women step out in courage, take control of their money, and build the confidence to take the ultimate journey to financial independence. In this show, I share my best nuggets from the framework I used to get my own shit together and clean up my money mess. These systems and strategies are the same when I work with my one-to-one clients and community members. We practice daily practical and actionable habits that may seem tiny but have mighty results. So if you're ready to get excited about your money and turn your confusion into clarity and maybe even get a little triggered into getting your ass in gear, listen up because your future matters. Hello and welcome to the Financial Fixer podcast. How are you, babe? Listen, I'm going to start off by apologizing for my sound quality on this intro because my mic is MIA. I transitioned between my office and home yesterday and I know I packed it and I cannot find it. So I have a feeling I did leave it at the office by mistake. Oh well, life happens, but here we are. So I just want to do a quick intro for my first podcast interview being released of the year. This is 2022, and this is the first time I'm releasing an interview podcast. And I am so excited because this was a really fun interview back in November with my friend and fellow podcaster, Lena Latini. She's the host of podcast Anchor Within. Her podcast is for women who crave to create more joy, fulfillment, and purpose in their lives. Lena is a multi-passionate boss babe, a mindset transformation coach, podcast host, and she's a new wife, and we go deep into all the things. She's stepping into her passion project that leverages self-discovery to to help others create the life they really, truly crave. I'm going to go ahead and introduce Lena. This is a mix between financial coaching We started out with financial coaching and then we kind of dived into a podcast interview and talked more about her and her life and her uh, mission to help women out there to grow and learn and become what they want to become. Catch you on the other side. I feel like I needed someone to tell me that I wasn't alone when I was in the process of paying off my student debt. Mm-hmm. It was really hard and I wanted to take advantage of the hardships that they offered and like, just, pay, you know, and just kind of like bury my head in the sand and not think about it because it stressed me out and caused me so much anxiety and overwhelm. Yeah. So, and I know how that can happen. And I'm, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want to assume that that's happening to you, but it would e- be easy for me to assume that. Yeah. It's very stressful and overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. So um, we're, we're first, we're going to do the coaching process and then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about podcasting. Um, you know, we'll, the podcast interview will come after, okay. um, but I just wanted to make some notes about, um, anchor within, and do you have another business or are you, um, podcaster and then work full time? Are you doing a side hustle? Um, I was network marketing, but it's just like not my thing. So <laughs> Feel you. I, okay. I want to start something like mm-hmm. a business but I just don't know what that looks like right now. So it's yeah. coming. It's in the process. Yes. But yeah, it's totally going to happen like organically. Um, yeah. It did for me. Um, 
yeah, I, where I started a year and a half, two years ago. And the thing, the conversations I was having with myself and with others and like, you know, mm-hmm. starting the process of, of becoming a business owner is not what it looks like today. Right. So, you know, the way I branded and the way that it came about was completely different than how it started. So, um, that's very exciting because it evolved. Yeah. You don't have to be locked into anything. Yeah. And actually the reason, well, I think the reason that it didn't work out. So I tried starting my own like fitness and nutrition coaching business last year in the summer. And I realized like that wasn't the way that I wanted to go. I wanted to go more like personal development mindset. But I think the reason that it didn't work, but I was trying to push it so hard is because the only reason I wanted to start is to make more money. (laughs) Um, And I was just like focusing so much, like I'm not getting clients. I'm spending so much time doing this. Okay. First of all, it's been like three months, so I needed to chill, but I was really stressed out, like wanting and needing kind of to make money. Like it was coming out of a place of desperation, not out of a place of wanting to help people. Yes. Oh my gosh. You're totally um, speaking my language right now. Yeah. (laughs) So the way that I coach, you know, when it comes to finances, right. Is um, making decisions out of motivation and not desperation. Mm -hmm. It's super key. Right. So like, even when it comes to growing your business, it it can be very aligned with managing your money. We want to make decisions based on no desperation whatsoever. That's Mm -hmm. the reason why we get rid of those things that are are really serving that desperation tank. And we don't want that, right? Mm-hmm. We want, we want desperation to dissipate and disappear. So let's get motivated. Let's give ourselves something to be motivated for and not be desperate in any way, because man, right. it's amazing how short-sighted we can be when we're desperate people. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. We, like literally we, uh, and, and I'm a decision maker. I'm an Enneagram seven. What's your Enneagram? I'm a two. Oh, you're a helper. Oh, we can talk about that money stuff. Okay. I'm glad I asked that question. Okay. So um, yes, in Enneagram 7, what she would do is um, just spend all the money to get out of the crisis or to to think that she can spend her way or earn her way out of debt, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, but what the two does is thinks of how this can help others or um, you know, has a pro- hard time with setting boundaries. Um, you know, just saying you have a very hard time potentially saying no, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you're, you're like a yes woman, right. Yeah, you just yeah. kind of say yes. And and then you're like, why did I do that? You know, like, yeah. why did I commit to that thing that really doesn't, isn't really a hell yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, anyways, that's, yeah, that's fun stuff. And, but the thing with that is that, just like a seven, a seven is naturally a spender. And if, um, if you ever look, look into my Academy, most of my, not most, but a large majority of my Academy members that need financial support are Enneagram sevens. Yeah. Right. And twos. So two is the second largest, um, group in my Academy. That's interesting. Yes. Because, uh, we have a really hard time. Like a, a seven is going to, say, well, I can always fix that later. Let's mm-hmm. just at, let's do this thing now and ask for forgiveness later. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's, you know, and then, or something will pop out of our mouth and we'll, and then we'll overthink it later. Like, I, I don't think that came out right because we don't yeah. have a filter, for example, right. um, you know, and a two is just going to be like, I just, I just love the world 
and I just want the world <laughs> to love me and I'm going to do all the things and it's going to be very, very expensive in the process. Uh-huh. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, I I'm loving these conversations lately. It's been really fun. Last month we did, um, an Enneagram like coaching call. Um, mm-hmm. and it was super juicy. I was thinking about going ahead and repurposing that into the podcast because it was just so juicy. It was just like really fun to talk about, you know, yeah, how it affects our spending behavior. Right. Right. You know, um, anyway, personality types and stuff. Yeah. So let's pivot. Cause I just <laughs> like to go into all the fun stuff. Do you have any questions for me before I get started? on, you know, going through some of the review I've done so far? No, um, I was a lot of the stuff that's in here. Like I was just ballparking a lot of it. Um, I don't like, I I don't really understand much about finances. My husband is a finance guy, so he does all the investing and all that. When he talks, when he talks investments to me, I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. Yep. Sure. I know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. He was talking about like Tesla stock splitting or something. I was like, okay, cool. (laughs) Just here's the money. Do what you need to do with it. Um, You know, and I kind of grew up in um, my dad always worked like four jobs. Like it. So I come. Yeah. I come from a very Mm -hmm. like you need to work your way in the world. Um, It was always like, you know you need to go to school and study. Otherwise you're going to work at McDonald's for the rest of your life. And like a lot of the arguments around the house were always about money. So Mm -hmm. I feel like I have a very little understanding about money because I was always scared to learn about it because to me as a kid, like that trauma was money causes problems. So I never Mm -hmm. learned about it. So really I just, you know, I'm here to learn as much as I can and see kind of like, I can see where my spending habits are like going through the spreadsheet. I was like, Mm, yeah, I can see where that comes from. Like just yeah. the money comes in and then it goes out because I'm like afraid that I'm going to lose it, even though spending it is like losing it. I don't know. So yeah. <laughs> nothing in particular yet. Yeah. It's so it's really, uh, you've said a few things. Um, so one, one is the husband is the finance guy, right? So yeah. <laughs> um, what's really great about what I do is that I don't really get too much into the investing. You can see that I ask questions such as what are you mm-hmm. contributing to your 401k? And of course I can talk, I'm a finance major, so I definitely can talk shop when it comes to um, investments, right? Mm-hmm. But I actually do not focus on investing. I'll give you high level stuff. Like for example, when you're out of debt, I'm going to say, this is what you should put towards a Roth, or this is what you should put towards a 401k. What are your options? Traditional, blah, blah, blah. Like I'm going to have some conversation with you around that, but I'm also going to refer you out to someone that you trust to be mm-hmm. your financial advisor, because I do not like that really. Yeah. I actually don't enjoy that. What I do enjoy is behavior change. Mm-hmm. So what I do enjoy is someone organically and holistically becoming wealthy Yeah. because you can get wealthy through your behaviors and simply that, right? Mm-hmm. So like your everyday things that you're doing, which then you, you nailed it, right? A lot of this does have to do with mindset, root shame beliefs, causes, biases from our past. Mm-hmm. Okay. Things that like we understood to be true that maybe aren't really when it Mm -hmm. comes to our finances and when it comes to the way we manage money or budget or the way we think about spending, um, spending mindfully or mindlessly. Right. Mm -hmm. So those kinds of things are rooted in us, their habits. Right. And you will not hear me talk about habit change because I do not believe in it. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why, because a habit is something in most cases that we do almost fully subconsciously. Okay. Mm -hmm. A habit is something that we've done over and over again. We've repeated a certain behavior and it's become rooted like a tree. Okay. So how do we uproot a tree, right? It's going to take a lot of work, a lot of tools, and we don't want to even go there. I mean, who wants to put ourselves through that kind of hell, right? Yeah. Right. So really what I do is I say, okay, based on these goals and these mountains that you want to tackle, for example, let's break them down and reverse engineer them so that you can take tiny actions every day, new behaviors, right? New behaviors that aren't so painful either. So let's just, you know, change is painful. We know Mm -hmm. that, but just new behaviors that are just something that you can do. That's kind of simplified, not always easy, but simplified that you can do consistently that will become new habits. So what we're doing is forming new habits through Mm -hmm. new behavior shifts. So, which will make you wealthy. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me to say that, um, because it happens. I just sat with a client that I had started working with about almost two years ago. Um, one of my local clients, actually, that uh, someone that used to work for me that once I went into the finance world, after I left, we started working together on him and he's, he's closer to uh, retirement. And so we worked on his exit strategy, right. Mm-hmm. And his net worth, since we started working together has gone up by like 300 grand. A lot of that is investments that he was, you know, investing in already, but started to tweak little things such as spending behavior and stuff like that, having more available. And then another thing that happens is when you start to change your behaviors and you become more confident, income flows in, Mm -hmm. money starts to flow in. So you're going to be tackling this from both a behavior side and also from like a manifestation side. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. Are you following me? I know I'm, I'm an Enneagram seven, so I'm going in different directions here, but I think that you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah. So this is a very holistic, you know, shift. You, Mm -hmm. You know, this is supposed to be a pivotal point where we get excited about what is possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if you do these little things, what is extremely probable Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyways, and I, and if you don't mind me mentioning, um, number one, congrats for just getting married. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> and number two, I'm really sorry for your loss. I hope oh, it's okay thank that you. I mentioned that. Like, yeah, not a, did yeah, this, is it okay that we talk about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I'd also, I'd, and I meant to mention to you that you had, um, so you lost your father, like within days after you got married, like what happened there? If you don't mind me asking. Well, so he had pancreatic cancer from right before COVID actually started. So it had been like a long process and then, you know, everything was good. He was cancer free for a couple of months and then it just came back in May of this year. And it was just, I mean, within a couple of months. So we knew it was coming. Um, it wasn't like, you know, he had COVID went to the hospital and like died two days later. Like we knew it was coming. Um, but that didn't make it any easier, obviously. But, um, yeah, so he passed just a couple of days after we got married, but when we saw that week, he really started declining and we were like, all right, we need to make this happen. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So was he be able, able to attend? Yeah. So it was actually at the hospital chapel. 
Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It just gave me the chills. That's yeah. <laughs> amazing. So you mentioned your husband is the finance guy. So let's, mm -hmm. let's kind of square away a few things. So when you first get married, um, there's few things that can happen. You can either join your finances or you cannot and wait for a while. What have you guys thought about that or had the conversation on how you're going to combine your money? If at all, we haven't really talked about it yet. Um, we, I mean, prior to getting married, we're, we're talking, you know, will we, will we not? So we haven't really decided. Um, I think what we're leaning towards is something his boss was actually doing with his wife and they made like a joint account where they each put in like, you know, 30% of their income into this account. And that goes for all their like housing and utilities and everything. And then everything else is like separate or like proportionately. I think he was putting in like 70% and she was putting in like 50, whatever it was yeah. um, proportionately to their incomes. Cause he made more money than she did at the time or whatever. So um, I thought that was a pretty good idea. So I think we're kind of considering doing that. Um, but otherwise we haven't really combined anything yet. Cool. I think that's a great idea. So, um, many clients that I work with and clients that have been successful have done mm -hmm. this. So yeah. what the way that I operate, obviously I work with women, mm -hmm. but I do also work with some of their husbands. Some of their husbands will want to work with me. I actually have one client that if her husband misses a meeting, he's upset about it. He gets really mm -hmm. jealous and wants to be involved, which yeah. is great. And some yeah. husbands will sit back in the background for a while. And mm -hmm. then when the, when the wife starts to, um, or the partner starts to, um, really get it together and become confident and then also have wins, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're winning with money. Then they start to see, and they're like, okay, there's, there's some trust factors that are being built there. There's, um, some, some more confidence on their side that, Hey, we, maybe we can do this together, you know, because obviously as a, as a team, as a unit, things can go a lot faster and, mm -hmm. you know, be a, a bigger win over time. Um, so that's the intent. However, mm -hmm. um, it works really well. It's very similar to mar marriage counseling, um, yeah. where you, you work on each individual, right. Mm -hmm. As because this is, this is personal. Um, and then you come together and work together later. Right. So yeah. it's just kind of like that. And it really does work well. Um, so that is how I work. Um, and then it just, you know, the husband can be in, as involved as they'd like to be, as long as there's no they're not an antagonist in any way. Like for yeah. example, I've had to not work with clients because the husband was just an antagonist antagonist to the goals, right? Yeah. They were right. just kind of like causing problems so that, you know what I mean? Right. I can right. usually pinpoint that pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah. So, um, for sure. Yeah. So let me, I'm just taking a look at my notes here. I've got some ideas. Um, and I've gone through your numbers. So let's, I want to ask a question about your 401k. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming you have a match. There's a match qualification yes. there. What mm -hmm. is that? Is it a minimum that you need to contribute to get the match? No. So they'll match anything up to 8%. Okay. So if you were to drop that down to 1%, they would match. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to talk to you about temporarily turning off your contribution, mm -hmm. um, even if it's just for six months and then maybe increasing it to 3% and then back up to five and 6%, for example, mm -hmm. um, this could give you an, a boost in your take home pay, mm -hmm. which is going to help you to meet some 
targets that we're going to, of course, talk about, right? Yeah. Obviously paying down that student loan debt is a, is a big target. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some things to think about. I did see that you had some miscellaneous insurances that you're paying into. Um, some of those may be uh, warranted such as like maybe a long-term um, disability right now is mm-hmm. open enrollment. Are you going through open enrollment right now? Yes. Okay. Um, so you're, you're due to do that. Have you done that yet? Mm-hmm. Okay. So the number that's what, in there is the updated. That's number. the new. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and, um, open it. So with you, it starts over in January though, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What miscellaneouses did you, did you pick miscellaneous insurances? I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. like they're, they're small nuggets, but there may be something in there that you might not need. Um, if there is still an opportunity to make changes before open enrollment closes. I didn't do any miscellaneous ones. Okay. So maybe those will go down. I saw that there was like $30 going. Yeah. I don't know why that's there. (laughs) It should be a zero. (laughs) Okay. No worries. That could have been my mistake. I may have left that in the template. So, okay, okay. No worries about that. You don't have children. Am I correct? Not yet. No. Okay. So usually your tax, you know, like you're, you're probably on point with, I, I always look at how much is being taken out for taxes. Right. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem to be too high. So I think you're probably at a sweet spot there. I'm not too worried there, but the only thing I would say is that now, um, you are married. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest going in and updating your W4 form. Okay. With your employer, because that could give you a better tax break. Okay. Okay. So consider that I would, I would definitely um, look, and you can always call your HR department and find out if you were to file married, do you plan on filing your taxes together next year or separately? I don't know. Okay. Okay. So yeah. ask your HR department, some questions, some probing questions, mm-hmm. you know, what if I change my um, W4 allowance, you know, to say that I'm, I'm married filing separately versus married filing jointly. What does that look like on how much I'm going to be a tax taxed? Okay. Okay. How does that affect my taxation? Mm -hmm. And, and she'll tell you and what, and and then maybe if you can get back to me and then Mm -hmm. we can kind of make a decision if you, if you want to make some changes there so that you get more of your money throughout the year Mm -hmm. and and you're not getting so much back at the end of the year, but you're not owing. Mm-hmm. We want you to get close to break even, not necessarily owing anything. So okay. that's where your sweet spot is. Okay. Makes sense? Yeah. Okay. This all makes sense to me. Um, large student loan debt. What's your degree, by the way? Uh, I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Oh, cool. And are you doing that? Is mm-hmm. that what you do for work? Yeah. Okay. So- that student okay. loan in there, I just want to tell you real quick that 180, mm-hmm. um, that includes the 75,000 that my dad has in Parent Plus loans. So I'm actually waiting for the Fed loan servicing to get back to me. I sent them his death certificate um, mm-hmm. because they should be discharged. Really? Yes, because it's know. under his name. Okay. Um, which is obviously a large chunk. <laughs> I'm wondering, I, I'm wondering if the parent plus loan. So where did you, I, I'm, I don't know this. I don't mm-hmm. know any answers to this. So I'm asking you, um, where did you hear that the parent plus Because it is also in your name, correct? Yeah. No? Well, 
it's just in his name. So it's just in his name. Yeah. I was just paying it because I didn't want him to pay it. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Um, plus. So that is not, that should not be your responsibility. Correct. Um, and that is great. Okay. Okay. So we're looking more at like a hundred K which changes things. Okay. Yeah. It's like one Oh seven ish. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Yes. Um, let me know when you get response on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause curious. even on their, um, on the website, there's mm-hmm. in the FAQs, whenever I looked in there, um, they said that if someone is deceased, like they will look at, look everything over mm-hmm. and then the loan will be discharged. Okay. Here's my question. Are you making mm-hmm. payments towards that parent plus loan right now? Still? No, no. Okay, good. Cause I was going to tell you to stop. If yeah, you- <laughs> no, I'm okay. not. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, this right here, are mm-hmm. you making that payment currently or is that what it's supposed to be when it starts back over? That's what it's supposed to be when it starts back over, including the parent plus loan. Okay. So this will change. Um, yeah, it's about four fifty, four sixty five, something like that. Just for mine okay. monthly. I'm going to change this then. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel really, really good. All right. That makes um, me feel a lot better. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to show you a few numbers then. Okay. So I'm going to put one Oh seven here. Okay. Instead of the 180, mm-hmm. which changes things as you can yeah. see. So this is an amortization schedule. I use this to basically plan out anything such as savings goals, debt pay down goals, you know, so on and so forth, right? Any kind of big ticket goal, you're saving for a wedding, you're saving for a baby, you know, I would still use this amortization schedule. You can do this um, with so many different things. So it's a really nice tool to just kind Mm -hmm. of say, okay, here's the big target and here's how we can at least break it down by the month. And then we would go on to continue to reverse engineer it by the day, right? Mm -hmm. You would just kind of break it down into tiny bites. So at 107K, um, after six years, and I'm guessing somewhere around an average of 6% interest, because I'm guessing you have different loans at different rates. Is that Mm -hmm. about right? Or what are your thoughts? I think that sounds about right. There's some that are like 3%. There's some that are, I think there's one that's seven something. They're pretty low They're, I think I would say six is pretty good. Okay, cool. Cool. So if it's there, if that, if that's the, the average, um, and, and interest was accruing right now, you'd be looking at a payment of one, 1,773 per month to get you to pay that off in six years. Mm -hmm. Right. So I want to pretend that the 0% interest is going to continue. I do not know. They say it's supposed to start over again as far as the interest starting to accrue again in January. I know they can't continue to hold this off for very long because someone is going to have to pay these debts. And what I mean by someone is I mean taxpayers. Okay. So because these are government backed loans, Mm -hmm. like they, they can only hold off for so long. So interest probably still will start accruing again. Um, but say that it didn't because right now interest is not accruing. So what I do recommend is that if you can make a payment to your student loans, now you are benefiting yourself 
greatly. Mm -hmm. I do know that the student loan servicers are saying, oh, no, you don't have to pay right now. They've even turned off your automatic payment. They're doing that so that you have the maximum amount of debt when the interest does start accruing again. Does that make mm. sense? Yeah. They're, they're basically playing kind and they're being nice so that they can keep you in debt. Yeah. Okay. So what we want to do is we want to lower that debt as much as possible. If we can, if we have the means now, if we're in a hardship situation, that's a different discussion. Mm -hmm. So, but say you're at 0% interest, right? Mm -hmm. If you were to pay 1486 per month right now towards this 107, and this isn't including the other credit card debt, it's a much smaller amount. So we're not even talking about that right now. Mm -hmm. um, but say you were to just make this payment towards your student loans, you could be out of this debt within the next six years. Mm -hmm. Now, working with someone like me, I'm going to cut it. I'm going to cut it to minimum to maximum four, because that's just how I roll. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm going to get you to be super radical, but not in a way where you're depriving yourself and you're not having a life. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, you just can't eat. You're going to have to eat like literally ramen noodles for, you know, the next four years. No, all we're going to do is prioritize your spending and get really serious about, um, knowing what your priorities are right? Which mm -hmm. of course, you know, one priority would be paying off the student debt. Another priority could be planning for a, a, you know, a growing family, right? Another priority could be sinking a fund into, um, you know, a vacation, right? Mm -hmm. So that, you know, we work with priorities and, and they constantly shift and change and evolve over time. Mm -hmm. So I'll just use myself as an example. I was in over six figures in debt. And then my husband brought debt to the table too. But prior to us getting married, my ass was going to Bora Bora for our wedding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care who, what, when, where, how, how much debt. Okay. However, I was on a plan to get out of debt. So all I did was halt some of my large debt payments that I was making so that I could make huge payments towards this planned, beautiful, amazing wedding that I wanted to have in the French Polynesia. Okay. Yeah. So, and I did that and I did it debt free. So yeah. came home, no hangover from going into debt for my marriage. Right. And we start, we just started back over again. So let's kind of go back to the discussion about, you know, putting a halt on the 401k right? Mm -hmm. All that is, is the temporary thing, right? We're just temporarily saying, can I ask how old you are? I actually don't know that number. How old are you? 28. 28. Okay, girl. Ooh, you are <laughs> just in time. Let me tell you, you are going to be a millionaire. Okay. And because you have time to invest. Okay. Mm -hmm. So slowing down on your 401k for just a little while, maybe the next two years maximum, is not going to really hurt you that much when it comes to the compound interest, because mm -hmm. by getting yourself to the point where you are able to create more margin in your month by getting rid of these debt payments, right? Lowering your debt so that your debt payments aren't so high. And eventually they're at zero. You're going to be able to massively invest. Mm -hmm. Make sense. Yeah. So the, it's just a temporary squeeze. It's a temporary hold on something so that you can, all we're doing is just prioritizing, right? We're prioritizing getting, getting out of debt and, mm -hmm. you know, not prioritizing, you know, investing in the um, retirement, right? Because you've got years of working, you know, time left. 
So what are your thoughts? I know I've talked a lot. What do you, what do you think about a couple of the things I'm, I'm mentioning? Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I think my biggest question first right now is like, would you prioritize paying off the credit card first because it's a yes. much higher interest rate? Um, yes, for not because it's the, not because of the interest rate. Yes, okay. because it's the lower debt. Okay. okay. So I'm going to stop sharing the screen for just a second because mm-hmm. I like to talk to you and see your face. You're beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so the way that I roll is the snowball. However, the only time that I don't roll snowball debt mm-hmm. pay down process is I call it the other way is the avalanche when you work your way up, for example, mm-hmm. or actually work your way down, you know, cause the bigger, um, the bigger, uh, interest rate, blah, 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 like, blah, blah. Yeah. anyway. So in your case, you don't, the interest rate is not really relevant, even though it is right. We know Mm -hmm. that your one's costing you more than the other to hold the debt. Okay. However, the smaller debt is the credit card, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to be able to see more traction, get more momentum, Mm -hmm. get excited, stay in the game by crushing that smaller debt first, Mm -hmm. because we're going to think about tiny wins here. Sure. Right. We're going to see traction. We're going to say, okay, oh my God, I just made like a, you know, I took my, my debt from, you know, on that one card, for example, from a thousand dollars to $500 now within the last two months or for example. Right. Yeah. So you're going to get a big, a bigger feeling out of that, mm-hmm. um, which may not make sense in the math when it comes to an interest rate, for example, or what's costing you each month in interest. Mm-hmm. However, it makes sense emotionally. Sure. You know, which is what you need to stay in the game. Right. We need that momentum, right? Mm -hmm. Otherwise we're going to throw in the towel. We're not seeing progress. So, which leads me into the next subject, because I have a lot of them here, as you can tell, Um, tracking. Mm -hmm. The only way anybody can argue this with me and debate this with me all day, the fastest and most effective way to get wealthy is to track. Mm -hmm. Okay. To track what you do with your money all the time. Yeah. And this may sound constraining or, you know, like boring or like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to like, you know, do this other thing. And I don't have time, all those things. And the reality is once you start doing it consistently and really get used to telling your budget, what you're doing and telling your budget, what you want and where you want to go, Mm-hmm. It's amazing how fun it becomes. It's almost like playing Monopoly, you know, like the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm playing with my money. I'm looking at my budget. I'm moving this. I'm adjusting this. And I'm like, you know, changing my plan. And oh my gosh, I guess what yeah. I have control. Yeah. I have my thumb on the pulse now. Mm-hmm. Like I'm winning with money and it's, it's, it's all in the little things. And then suddenly you see your bank account grow. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you see those debts go down quickly. Mm-hmm. you know, which is like, oh, it's, yeah. It's, and it, it's so weird how it happens. And I really wish that I always say this, I always say I wish, but I know that I'm glad that I didn't have someone like me several years ago when I started this process, because I wouldn't have known how important it was to have someone like me now. Right. Right. That makes sense. Right. So 70 years ago, when I started this process, I was alone, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't have somebody to be like, wait a minute, 
check your goals. This is what, you right. know, let's go over the numbers. You want to buy that car? You have car fever. Oh my gosh. Let's, let's yeah. look at the numbers before you go and do that crazy thing. Just take a step back. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and for someone to keep me like motivated and let me know like, okay, this is fun, right? This is, you know, your mindset is changing. Hey, look at your progress. Hey, look at you. Like what it took for me to realize that, um, you know, to get excited was a lot more time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, my mindset, I knew my mindset had shifted and that I was working on self-development in the process of getting my money together. However, like it was like, it was like, I didn't realize how important that was, Mm -hmm. you know, like that I actually needed that, you know, self-talk, you know, I needed someone to hold my hand too, when I made mistakes, because your first budget is the ugliest budget you'll ever see, ever see in your life. Yeah, (laughs) You know, it's like, it's ugly, um, Mm -hmm. only because it's something that maybe you've never done before. Yeah. So I took me three months to actually be like, okay, now I understand what, what I'm doing. Like, okay, this is supposed to do the math for me. I'm not supposed to try to trick it. One thing that Obviously, like understanding finances is number one, just because I look at my bank account and I'm like, cool, sweet. <laughs> it's just number, you know, um, I opened up my 401k, you know, portal, whatever it is this morning. And I was like, I don't know what any of this means, but this is the number that it says. So that's what I'm going to put in the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. So definitely understanding it. The other thing, the confidence, because we do, um, we're in an apartment right now. We're house hunting. So we're trying to find a house to live in. We have our official wedding in May of next year. We want to have kids in the next year or two. So it's just like all of these expenses. And I'm so stressed out right now, just thinking about it all. Understand. Oh my gosh. I can understand. So yeah, I I know I talked a little bit about taking a pause earlier or, you know, reprioritizing and organizing our priorities. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, which is what's going to happen. And Mm because a lot of things are going to happen in your life in the next couple of years, you know, life events, you've already had enough life events this year. (laughs) However, (laughs) there will be more. Okay. So having your thumb on the pulse, like seriously with your finances Mm -hmm. is going to really help you do all that with low stress. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's going to come there's going to become like natural stresses, you know, you know, say that you start to grow your family or this Mm -hmm. 20% down payment for the house, you know, or Mm -hmm. you got to do a renovation. These, uh, these are all examples that I'm using of myself because in my first year, two years married to my husband, we renovated a house. We had a child. We, Mm -hmm. you know, oh my gosh, we, we actually need to put 10 K towards our AC unit right now, like literally. And fortunately, because we did all the work, we have the cash, right? Which is where you want to be, right? Mm -hmm. Like have the cash to where, I mean, we just had to pay, um, $2,400 the other day. And this is all stuff that's just coming at us. Like we're getting punched in the face with life, right now, like punched hard. (laughs) It's really weird. You know, like it's just a test. It's just, you're going to get tested. It all just comes at once. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it totally. So we're being tested with like his car, like crazy crap with his axle, with his truck, his van. And so, yeah, so we had to $2,400 worth, you know, boom. Yeah. We had the, we had the money, we had the reserves. Now yeah. we're just like, okay, now we got to replenish them bad boys, right? Like we, yeah. we got to get more money back in the bank. I was know, freaking but- out about $500 because the exhaust in my car a couple weeks ago just like fell off my car. So it needed replaced. Okay. And 500 was very nice because he was my dad's friend and me- longtime mechanic. So 
Awesome. <laughs> he definitely did me a favor there, but I was like, oh my God, it's like $490. Where the heck is this going to come from? Like I have to pay my rent. I have to do this. I have to do that. And like, holy crap. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those things over time, they'll dissipate. Um, it takes time, you yeah. know, like, but you'll see very quickly within 21 days, you know, mm-hmm. to change, you know, to, they say to change a habit, but I say to create new behaviors and form new habits within 21 yeah. days is what it really takes. Um, so you'll see that if you're consistent with just these little tiny things, those kinds of stressors will start to, start to just fall off. It's re- mm-hmm. really weird how it happens. And it's all of a sudden you're just breathing easier. Do you feel ready to pivot? How do you feel yeah. about how that coaching session went? Do you feel like you, how do you feel? How do you feel? I feel good. I mean, session? I definitely feel a lot less like worried. Yeah. I think, um, then coming into the conversation just because I was like, I'm looking at these numbers and they look so tiny and in r- relation to the two big ones, right? Like there's 10 K and then there's like 180, 107, um, So definitely feeling a lot better, like having kind of a game plan of what Mm -hmm. to do. Yeah, no, that's everything. I mean, it's funny because I mean, you know, that even when we plan things, um, go haywire anyway, right. Right. (laughs) But when we have a plan, when the things go haywire, we're just like, oh, it's fine because I already took care of that. Or I already said yes or no to that thing. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, I took away the process of any kind of choice anyway. So it's like. Hey, right. It's all yeah. good. Come at me, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's, I just want to talk a little bit about, um, the anchor within. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your podcast so we can just kind of go into that. Yeah. So my podcast is really for the ambitious go-getter woman who wants more from her life, whether she's an entrepreneur or she's in the corporate world, but wanting to move up or just looking for more passion and fulfillment out of her life to just really kind of dig deep. Like that's where the name kind of came from, like digging deep within ourselves, figuring out who we are, not the labels that society put on us for us, Mm -hmm. (laughs) figuring out who we are, who we want to become and anchoring down and rooting into that to become that person and live that fulfilled, passionate life that we all kind of crave rather than just going through the motions every single day. Totally. Self-discovery is like, so crucial to be able to move to, you know, take the next step. Like where, where am I going? Well, I don't know where I'm going if I don't know myself. Yeah. You know, like I just all the words that you put together just now and about, you know, finding passions, but actually learning about ourselves first and then becoming passionate about whatever that thing is. Um, and digging deep within you, like, I just love, like it's, you have to, Yeah. And that's something I feel a lot of people struggle with when they're on that path of, I need to find something that I'm super passionate about or something that I actually enjoy doing outside of work. I just had this conversation with a girlfriend on Saturday at lunch and she was like, well, I just need to find the one thing that I really like to do. And then I can figure out the rest. And I'm like, no, you have to figure yourself out first. And then everything else just flows in, right? Like Mm -hmm. once you figure out who you are, who you want to be, everything that you actually love and are passionate about just pops up for you. And then you don't have to look so hard for this hobby and try to make something work when you don't actually enjoy doing it. Totally. Manifestation is what just came to my mind as you were Absolutely. Talking. Like, and I, if you, <laughs> I've come a long way in the last year or two. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, if you had talked to me about manifestation, maybe a couple of years ago, I'd have been like, huh? 
you know, like, huh? no, I'm an action taker. When I take an action, something happens because I've taken an action. And yeah. yes, that's true. But what happens when we're actually feeding ourselves positive thoughts and we're, you know, learning about ourselves, knowing mm -hmm. what we want, what we won't tolerate all those things. Absolutely. Um, we're manifesting at the same time. And then we're acting based on the way we're thinking and what we're manifesting. So it's like, right. Yeah. Action is key, but, um, taking an action when we're really just not aware of stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> is not going to serve us. Right. So it's really neat. Yeah. Like painting to me looks fun. I'm not good at it. I've tried doing it. I don't love to do it. So I'm not going to force myself to learn to love it if I'm not, if it's not who 100%. I am. So I can be creative in different ways. I can, I can podcast. That's what I'm really passionate about. And I would have never started a podcast or thought that I'd be on a podcast or talk to myself in my closet where I'm sitting right now Love it. <laughs> as I'm recording a year and a half ago before I started my own personal development journey, right? I was never listening to podcasts. I didn't read books. I didn't do things for myself. I was always saying, yes, I didn't have boundaries. And then I started reading books because I, <clears throat> excuse me, I was in a network marketing company that forces you to really grow. It's yeah. personal development is like kind of the root of at least the part, the team that I was a part of. So reading and listening to podcasts became a thing. And as I started journaling and learning more about myself and learning about what manifestation really means, it's not like you just sit here and meditate and say, this is going to happen to me. And then it happens. You have to embody those characteristics of the person you want to become. And as I was in the process of discovering who I am, I was like, wow, I'm really passionate about talking about gratitude and learning, you know, who you are, self-discovery, and that's where I was like, wow, I'm going to talk about this on a podcast because IG stories just lets me talk for four slides and it's really freaking annoying. Totally. So then I started my podcast and that just came to me. And now it's like this huge passion project that I want to build into speaking on stages and doing live events and writing a book and being a New York Times bestseller, right? Like these aren't things I ever thought about myself, but it just, because everyone told me that I couldn't do that, that women don't do that, right? Women aren't rich. Women aren't millionaires. Women aren't this. Women aren't that. Why not? right? You have to break through all of those, you know, sticky notes that people place on you and peel them off one by one, but it starts with you and not with distracting yourself from discovering who you are by forcing a hobby onto yourself. O-M to the <laughs> Slam dunk. Okay. Um, I think we could probably end it now. Um, that was there you just, go. It was so much for me. Um, it fed my soul. I, are you me? Um, <laughs> like, I feel like, wow, totally, totally. Um, yeah, I can't, I pretty much can't, I can't even say, <laughs> I can't even say anything better than that. But one thing that you did say was that, um, that I can really relate to is that you never would have thought you would have been a podcaster or been on a podcast. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I first started my business and started, started talking about money and of course the um, balanced excellence was the type of thing that I, I really originally started with. Um, I was listening to a lot of podcasts, but I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would have started my own podcast, mm -hmm. but it, it fell on my heart through my, um, entrepreneurial journey. Right. And, um, and then I kind of, when I started, as I was developing and growing and learning more about myself and about um, the way that I operate as a business owner as well, um, and, you know, the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur, um, 
I was, I had also started podcasting back in November of 2020. Okay. So I had put the podcast on the back burner a lot because I was like still, okay, working with clients and I'm like doing mm-hmm. this and doing that. And then every time I went back to the podcast and I released an episode, for example, I felt so lifted. Mm-hmm. I can't even begin it. I, and it was weird. It was like, it wasn't like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm being heard, you know? And like, uh, it was like this boost of like, you know, ego, not like that yeah. at all. It was like, I literally know that I just dropped something juicy and I don't even know what that juicy thing was within that conversation, whatever it was. I don't even know. Someone's going to pick it up and I'm going to help one person today. Yeah. And they're going to, they're going to take something I said, something that I'm not even going to realize was so powerful or empowering and they're going to change. They're going to change their life. And that, I mean, so when I, got into the mastermind recently, which you're aware of that mastermind as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I knew that I needed to put my podcast on the front burner because it lifted me so much. It gave me so much fire. Yeah. And so I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I discovered myself while I've been on the journey of the entrepreneurship stuff, but Mm -hmm. like podcasting is like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm reading a book right now by, um, T, uh, T.D. Jakes, um, mm-hmm. don't drop the mic. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's religious stuff in there and things like that. So not to get into religion, but just really about um, our voice. Yeah. Right. And sharing our voice. And like, if there's something to be said, what makes me any less significant than the next person? Yeah. Nothing. Because Absolutely. my story is going to help someone. Your story, your story just gave me so much lift. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. we need that. And women need that. Yeah. So bad. So, oh, I just love you. <laughs> well, that's something I talk about a lot too, right? Like we all have our own voices. Mm-hmm. You and I could do a podcast on the same topic and each of us has lived life differently. We each have our own experiences. So what's going to happen is we're going to come at the same topic with two totally different perspectives and meet in the middle. But the way that you tell the story is going to resonate with someone else more than the way that I tell the story. So no matter what you're talking about, just because someone or a thousand or a million other people have done it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it because it's your story that's going to impact somebody else. You have your own voice and your own perspective. And I think that's so beautiful, but that's what holds so many women, especially back from doing things because like, what's already done. No one's going to listen to me. It doesn't matter if even just one person benefits from it. Somebody needs to hear your version of the story, your perspective of the topic to be inspired to go then do it herself. So then she'll inspire the next person and the next person, the next person. It's just this domino effect. Totally. I, 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 I'm like, no joke. Um, for example, someone that would be my biggest competitor would be Dave Ramsey, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm telling you what, um, women, for example, come to work with me and I'm potentially sharing a lot of similar frameworks and some steps and things like that. Of course, I have my own framework, but very similar ideals Mm -hmm. that we work with. Um, but it's not the framework at all. It's because that works. It works for him and his team and it works for me and my team. Right. But 
it's my story that someone mm-hmm. is resonating with and what's giving them the reason to work with me. Right. Yeah. It's my pain mm-hmm. <laughs> turned into my purpose. Yeah. Right. Just like your pain is clearly turning into your purpose. And Absolutely. it's that the story, the person and who they were and who they are today is what is giving so much empowerment to the other people that are opened and willing to hear it, whether it's timing or whatnot, um, you know, readiness. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's just freaking mic drop, drop it yeah. hard. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you know, it's like with business owners, right? You, you have this framework that you go to a Tony Robbins event, you pay 30 grand to go to this Tony Robbins event. And he gives you all of the things that you need to know how to successfully run a business, right? The framework that you could probably find on Google, but you're paying that much money to learn from Tony Robbins because he's Mm -hmm. Tony Robbins, because he knows how to be a human in business. He knows how to connect with people. And it's not just about the marketing tactics. It's not just about the business strategy and the financials and all of the behind the scenes stuff. You're learning from Tony Robbins because he's Tony Robbins, right? And because of the things that he's been through, the books that he's written, and you connect with him as a person. Same thing when you go buy a pair of shoes, right? It's the feeling that you get from spending the money on the thing. It's the feeling that you get from learning from Tony Robbins because of the things that he's been through, right? Or maybe you don't resonate with Tony Robbins, so you're not going to pay 30 grand to go to a three-day event with him. So it's really all about the experience. It's all about... um, the feelings that you're getting from whoever you're learning from the story that they're telling that you resonate with. It's just the energy exchange in between, whether it's financial energy or not, right? It could be the energy of us having this conversation. It could be the energy of me buying a pair of shoes from a store, whatever it is. So it's about that energy exchange. That's so important. I know we talked about earlier about manifestation, but that's really what's important is the energy that we're putting out there and the energy that we're getting back from other people. So telling the same story in different ways or different perspectives, again, resonates differently because both of those stories have different energies that resonate with others. I, I just, can we just be best friends? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I mean, it's so, we need this so bad. I mean, the reality of it is, is like, you know, and who we surround ourselves with. Right. Um, it's, it's everything, you know? So like, if you've got like family members or friends, current friend circle, that's just not on the same wavelength, not to say that they're bad, you know, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that they're, you know, not good people or that they're not growing themselves, but they're just not on the same track, for example. And like when we, you know, aren't surrounding ourselves with that kind of energy, like Mm -hmm. it it can be really debilitating and just, you know, we're just not going to, you know, level up. Um, so uh, yeah, we continuing to have these conversations is so, so key, um, you know, and for just, that's what we're here for. I mean, we can't waste our lives just like not trying to get to the next level, you know, I mean, we, it's such a waste Mm -hmm. because there's so, there's so many things, um, beautiful things to be had. Um, yeah, I just, I really think that we should probably end this podcast here because (laughs) it was so awesome. Thank you so much. And I just want to ask one more thing. 
tell me on my audience where you can be found. Um, you just, you just go with that. I didn't really even yeah. formally introduce you. So <laughs> if you want to introduce yourself, I know we started out with the coaching stuff. So yeah, anyways, tell the audience about you. My name's Lena. I am a physical therapist by day. I'm a podcaster by night. My podcast is called anchor within. Um, like I said earlier, it just is really about empowering women to dig deep, discover themselves and figure out what they want, who they want to be rather than, you know, sticking with the sticky notes that, you know, family, society and culture has placed on us. So I'm there on pretty much all of the podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, all of the things. And I like to hang out on Instagram the most. And my uh, handle is at the Lena Latini. Thank you so much. And yeah, thank uh, you. I'll be letting you go. We're going to land this plane and I will talk to you very, very soon. All right. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you loved it, send it to a girlfriend or send it to five or 10. That would mean the world to me. You can also find me on Instagram at Financial Fixer and feel free to tag me there too. So until next time, my friend, show your future self some love and spend with the end in mind.